Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Renfigpen. Excited as always to be back with you. Extra excited because we are in the midst of Mental Health Awareness Month. So how could I not bring you a loving, bubbling, informative expert? Let me take a pause and introduce you. Miss Laura Shook Guzman, licensed marriage family therapist and somatic psychotherapist for entrepreneurs. She's been in this field for more than 23 years, y'all. She got all her receipts and she's collecting on a daily basis. Founder of three businesses, the world's first wellness co-working community, a global community for women who co-work, and she owns her own practice. I think she has enough receipts to prove that you should listen to her and take some tips on how you can do things a little bit more efficiently for your overall well-being. Laura, welcome to the Balance Bully Podcast. How can I serve you today? Thank you so much. It's just such a pleasure to be here. I can already tell that we're going to have a very juicy conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. And for those of you who cannot see us, which is all the world, because we try our best to keep this audio only on on purpose so you can tune in and really, really listen closely, Laura and I are wearing the same glasses. And we happen to come from very similar fields. And we happen to love the fact that all of you are absolutely listening and paying attention to every single ounce of words we're about to say right now. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, tell everyone about the work that you're doing in the world and why you chose to do it this way. Thank you. You know, I definitely was never cut out for a traditional path as a psychotherapist. I think I felt really early on that I had a lot of interests. And I, even in college, I knew that I wanted to study psychology. I was fascinated by child um, and adolescent therapy. And I continued to work in women's shelters and go on to really work in family systems. You know, so I'm a licensed Mm -hmm. marriage and family therapist. But I was always noticing that I was sort of drawn into like, but why is this a problem, right? Like, what are the roots of um, these challenges for kids? We know, okay, it comes back to the families. It comes back to their early development. And so I guess I was always a holistic thinker, always a systemic Mm -hmm. thinker. And fortunately, in my 20s, introduced to bell hooks, which like blew my mind around intersectional feminism and all the things that I didn't know that I wanted to learn more about. And so I think that I always kind of had that natural curiosity and I come from, I guess I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So I Mm. do come from a family of entrepreneurs. And so I guess it was not a surprise that I had this therapy career that I was pursuing, but also kind of thinking, but what's my gift to share in a new container? I'm like, could I create Mm -hmm. something that is more impactful than just working in an agency? Although I love nonprofit work and I loved agency work. I wanted more freedom to kind of bring my full self and Mm -hmm. explore different ways that I could apply my knowledge as a family systems therapist, my knowledge at that time of also somatic therapy. And so, yeah, I was like, what can I do with this? Yeah. You wanted to, I keep seeing, I'm really visual. So I'm seeing expansion. You wanted to expand not only yourself, but obviously the ways in which you were working and helping another point of connection for us. Guys, there are so many things that Laura and I have in common that we were discovering before we even got started in the green room. This is a huge 
point of consideration for me because now with everything kind of slowly opening back up post it's hard for me to say post pandemic because we all know that we're still technically living in the midst of uncertainty in that realm but now that we're starting to get some version of what this new era looks like people are starting to inch in a little bit or inch out I should say with how they want to do things how they want to show up differently in their careers and their businesses um, in their marriages and their relationships, maybe even in their parenting, because they were so constricted over the last couple of years, right? And this month being a super important month to highlight for so many reasons. For all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day in advance, whether you have birthed them or you have just helped them, the great aunties, all of that. But more importantly, the fact that it's mental health awareness and normalizing the fact that all of us, regardless of title, degree, certification or lack thereof, we all have to take care of our mental health and well-being. And you've been doing this for multiple decades and showing up fully in each area of that and then did something bolder. You know, this is Balance Boldly podcast. And you did something bolder and said, I'm doing really good here, but I want to do more. I want to expand how I'm creating this impact. For you to do that shift for yourself. Like, um, I don't know if you had advisors, coaches, therapists to kind of help you come to this decision or not. But when you got there, what were some of the challenges that you had to work through in your own mental well-being to give yourself the courage to, you know, to jump out there? <laughs> Great question. Because yes, I'm, you know, naming that I had that desire, but it's one thing to have the desire to do it differently and then have that courage to take that leap. And I remember being really intimidated by the idea of leaving a steady paycheck, you know, because I was working at a nonprofit um, as a full-time counselor. And so I mm -hmm. had that paycheck coming in every two weeks. And yet I had this desire to express myself more boldly, more fully. And so mm -hmm. I knew that that was going to look like okay, private practice is mm -hmm. often the next step for therapists. And so I started mm -hmm. to consult with other, you know, my peers, other therapists that had already taken that leap. And I was like, what do you love about it? What do you not like about it? And what was really interesting, like kept coming back around is the negative, the big one that stood in the, out in the room was their isolation. They kept saying mm -hmm. to me, well, it's great. You have this freedom to set your schedule. You can take whichever clients you want, right? There's so much freedom in that but you're alone. You're isolated, yeah. right? And so I kind of let that be the, the gap that I wanted to fill. I was like, okay, so I could do private practice, but how would I solve for this problem? Mm -hmm. And I was already living as a single mom. So these are all kind of the support structures too around me. So I had the peers, my colleagues that were telling me what life was really like on the other side. And then I had a um, single mom and friend who I was co-living with at the time. So we mm -hmm. were both raising our little girls and we were doing it together so much easier to share a home, share expenses. And so it, I kind of went from this co-living, needing to break out into my private practice, not wanting to be isolated, not wanting to burn out. And so I started to dream of a new container. It's like, what if yeah. there's a new way to work that doesn't exist? What if there's a new way to do practice building, private practice building in community? Because mm -hmm. we know that connection makes us more resilient, right? Absolutely. We know that we need community to do this. And so I thought, well, okay, I'm going to solve for this issue by not doing this alone. I'm going to build a private practice in the midst of a community. And what mm -hmm. that looked like 
was finding a way to integrate my ideas for a community collective of other therapists, other um, health and wellness entrepreneurs. Cause I knew it wasn't just limited to therapists. It was limited yeah. to, I mean, it was like broad to all of the health and wellness entrepreneurs. And so it's like, what, how can we bring this together? And just in that time, it was emerging a new business model called co-working. Mm-hmm. And co-working was fascinating to me. I was like, this is a collaborative, feminine-based mm-hmm. model. In my opinion, I was like, oh, wow, this is about relationships, connection, interdependency. Mm-hmm. So what would it look like to build a co-working space for health and wellness entrepreneurs, therapists and nutritionists, massage therapists, yeah. and yoga teachers? And so first of all, I had to just really dive into that vision. And I got so excited about it that the, excite, the excitement for what I could create outweighed the fear that was keeping me back. I mean, that was really, and I remember the tipping point because I remember standing in my kitchen barefoot on the tile floor and thinking that I will forever wonder what could have been created if I don't do this, if I don't just take this leap. And that in itself was a huge motivator for me. And I just was like, and we're in and I'm going for it. <laughs> You remind me of uh, my youngest when she was doing all the things that little people do with dance and jazz and acting and all that. And she would come home and be like, and scene. <laughs> it's done. It's over. It's a wrap. I appreciate you setting the stage visually for what your experiences were and being honest about the fact that you had you made a crucial choice. You could have chosen to lean in and really magnify the negative thoughts and the negative feedback and statements of, well, there's this other side, this loneliness, this, you know, isolation and, you know, on some levels feeling suffocated if you happen to be more extroverted or not, or you get your fuel from other people's energy and all of that. But you chose to lean in into the excitement. And I do believe that what you focus on, you find more of. So you focused on all of the exciting pieces of it. And I'm sure all of those other things would swing in, you know, like a pendulum here and there and creep up, maybe even more when it was time to sign leases and stuff, you know, like as an entrepreneur, real talk, you know, when the money gets louder, you start paying attention to all of the noise that's going on to just filter out and make sure that you're checking in with what feels really great versus feeling like you need to do what's expected of you because of societal pressures or maybe familial or or kind of community cultural pressures. And the fact that you made that choice for yourself to lean more in to the excitement is pretty incredible on multiple levels. And it confirms to me who I felt like you were when we decided to have you on the show. So I'm a professional stalker. And I did all things, right? We had the team do some things. And then I like to go over and do some of my own things. Um, Reformed perfectionist here. Don't judge me. And you have posted fairly recently on your Twitter page um, a quote. I'm going to do my best to not, you know, destroy what you actually said. (laughs) But you said something I thought was really pivotal, especially for this month and at the time of this uh, show's airing. But anytime that you guys that are listening hear it, it's very profound. Uh, So Laura Shook Guzman, LMFT, said somewhere around February 1st, when you learn the skill of managing your energy, specifically your own energy, you recognize your capacity. And And while you're now aware of how to recognize that capacity, you can now respond to it 
instead of being overwhelmed by it. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I thought that that was really notable and something that all of us have to be mindful of because energy management capacity is an issue for all ambitious humans, but especially women who do have a visceral need for community. And because of that, if you don't necessarily know who you are, how you handle energy, you and I were talking in the green room about the social battery Mm -hmm. and all of that. If you don't really know it, you can get really overwhelmed because you're absorbing so much of other people's energies. And I'm not just even talking about your clients, right? Like just everyone around you. And you're creating a space for people to thrive in, but they also have to be mindful of the healing work that they need to do in order to know themselves well enough to respond without being overwhelmed. I would love if you took a, you know, a stab at why you decided to write that. Yes. I'm trying to think what I was feeling. I was probably observing my own energy levels at that time and probably having multiple conversations with clients about that same subject. And that's what actually prompts a lot of my comments on Twitter is like, oh my goodness, I'm having this conversation over and over. It's the same conversation. And um, I will you know, probably get a little bit more into my niche, um, but I'll just name that I work with founders now currently. Mm-hmm. I've worked with a variety of different people throughout mm-hmm. my career, children, families, um, you know, individual adults, but this niche now is founders. So I'm working with entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are known for running full throttle, um, for burning at both ends, and mm-hmm. we're trying to shift that culture, but that is definitely the dominant way of being. And so when I was writing that, I really was reflecting on so much importance here on self-awareness and how my clients will sort of be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get that. I read about that all the time. I have to be self-aware. That's why I called you. And I'm like, hold up though. I'm like, hold Mm -hmm. up, stop Mm -hmm. a minute. And let's Mm -hmm. think about what this really means though. You have to start learning how to be with self, to really inner reflective, right? That interception. What am I feeling? What do I, Mm -hmm. what kind of energy dip did I just take and why? And that ability to start tuning in is what allows us to be with it and then know what pivot, right? Is that, do I need to pivot from that hustle that I'm in to a still space or a flow state? And so I just think it cannot be, you know, spoken about enough times. It's it's just like easily overlooked the power mm-hmm. of this self-awareness to track and watch our energy levels. And it's a key to sustainable energy is observing it, noticing it. And I'm, I tell my clients all the time, I have my three C's again, an overlap because you have your three G's. I heard about them. Yes. I love it. Mindset. <laughs> <laughs> I have my, my three C's I teach all my clients. And that Mm -hmm. is connection, ability to Mm -hmm. connect deeper, get curious about what you're noticing, and bring compassion to it. Oh, yes. On all the levels. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with them hands down. You you hit on so many things, Laura, and in your description of like where this came from. First and foremost, let me pause myself right there. Because just the fact that you were taking yourself, and again, you guys can't see Laura's face, but... I'm like reading your face when you're closing your eyes and you're taking yourself back into that moment of where was that coming from? What what rose up and made me want to put that out there, which I extra love that you're just not 
writing random things, right? Like you're you're really trying to do deeper and greater work and you took what was coming up for your clients and surroundings as well as for yourself. It's like, let me slow down enough to pay attention and then share this gem, whether you saw it as a gem or not at the time, let me verify it is in fact a gem that you're saying you need to really pay attention and do the self-awareness work which second layer of what you said when the clients are like, yeah, 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 I know I'm reading all the books. I stand by the most dangerous sentence in the world for any human to say is I already know, right? Because we, you know, and and I do it too. Sometimes my husband is, child, don't get me started there. He's saying that I'm like, I know. And then he's looking at me like, oh, do you? Because, you, you know, you're doing what you say you're not supposed to because, you know, your default switches on. And we do have to be careful because even if we logically know a thing and even know how to do a thing, when we're in the midst of something, it's coming back up to us as a lesson for a reason. So even if we quote unquote already know that we should be self-aware and we should be doing body scans and checking in and kind of seeing where to use your verbiage, the energy dip was happening. Even if we know to do that, if it's coming up, it's happening for a reason. Obviously we weren't doing it. We were too booked and busy, so ambitious, which is amazing that we missed a few steps of awareness of self so that we could really absorb and appreciate the moment that was happening, plus or minus, right? The not so good stuff that's happening, what's happening, where's the lesson, what should I be listening to? And the really great stuff of, let me slow down and celebrate this for a moment. You know, like I know, we as females, definitely do not celebrate ourselves enough. No, we do not. We do not name it, acknowledge it. Um, it if anything, we actually skirt away from it often, right? Mm-hmm. And women are notorious for giving other people credit for their oh. work. Yes. <laughs> Speak on it all day. I'm sure you, especially with all the work you're doing and even more so now that you're working with founders, because we want to we want to hold each other up so much, which we should absolutely. We should fix each other's crown and not have to make a you know a whole LinkedIn post about the fact that I just fixed her crown, right? Like, let me do it humbly, privately, and be honored at the fact that you even let me close enough to touch you to to help you with that. But we'll be in that space so much that sometimes we shy away from proclaiming our goodness that we just did, which I feel is a disservice to the world because I do think that it ripples good energy when you're able to stand in the power of that. You know what? I just did this thing. Amen. All right. And it rippled. It ripples right off you into whoever is what I would say are people who are righteously connected to you. Because of course there's trolls and haters and People who claim, you know, that they want the best for you, but they really just want to get into your network pocket and, you know, cash cow you out and all that. For those of you who are not in uh, the business and or entrepreneurial space, and I know that's very few of you because most of the listeners are, for some, for many of us, it's not about people just wanting you to be a client or uh, for you to be their client and vice versa. Sometimes they see all that you have connected to you, all that you've drawn to you. You know, Laura has three businesses, right? So I was like, oh, three businesses. She must know a lot of people. Let, let me let me befriend her. 
And in a way, that's trying to get in her pocket too. Because if you're a connector, which I I think looking at you and our connecting points for our green room conversation, you're very protective of your network as you should be. So you're not just pushing a bunch of noise to them, but some people will try to get close enough to you just knowing she's an entrepreneur, she's a woman, and you know, because she's a woman, let me get close enough with some charm and see if I can get into her pocket, her network pocket of sorts. Were you dealing with any of that while you were creating any of your businesses? And you know, if so, how did you work that group. Mm, great question. Yeah, because I love that you started with like visibility, you know, just like women not owning it, not stepping onto the stage or grabbing that mic and kind of, you know, shrinking a little bit to then when you do step in and you own it, then there are genuine people that really come around. Yeah. Um, actually, I had one of the best compliments that one of my co-working space members said to me, she says, you're creating a space for the light workers. She said, you're the lighthouse and you're attracting the light workers because everyone she's like, I encounter in this space. It's like they have this energy and like doing something in the world and, and I love it. And so like that is validation that I'm sending that light out and that if we vibe, if we have this energy, we're going to find each other. Absolutely. Yet I have had that experience where mm-hmm. people have come in and it hasn't been authentic or genuine. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they hand you this really flashy stage. They're like, hey, I'm going to give you this opportunity. Like, come in <laughs> and join <laughs> us. That's a laugh. Yes. <laughs> right? And so it's tempting. And then, you know, and my ego, it gets, you know, stroked. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, they 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 noticed me and they want to mm-hmm. amplify me. But mm-hmm. with those people, when it's been that ingenuineness, like, I do have a radar that goes off. There's just something about the way that yeah. it's position that's offered, I can kind of feel it. And there's a part of me that wants to ignore that. Mm-hmm. And then another part of me that sits for mm-hmm. a little bit and just asks the question, what is it? What's that resistance that you feel? And what is yeah. the inauthenticity? And usually it's, there's a strong, really, when I notice it, it's a strong rejection of it, but a wanting that not to be there. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I really noticed it. I, I know that I need to say no, but I yeah. want that opportunity. Like they're offering me some money. They're offering me this. Mm-hmm. They're offering me that. And so then I have to come back into that deep pocket of trust. And I just have to say, you know what? If you're meant to shine, trust it. Trust this feeling yeah. that you have. And if you say no to this opportunity, you're just saying yes to the next thing. All day long. Like, I want to shake my maracas, but I do not want my editor slash husband to be mad at how loud it's going to be in the microphone. So I'm visually shaking for you (laughs) and all of you listening. Just pretend you can hear it without it blasting your eardrums. That is so one point on so many levels. Um, The conversation that I've had for years, making room for your opportunity of yes you got to say more no. And that for me, that links a lot to being intentionally selfish, which all of you listening, just go listen to a few episodes back and you will hear all the things about the benefits of that. But that for me is making that space. And that's the whole point of being intentionally selfish for where I sit is you need the room. You need some of those no's. So you have room in your calendar, room in your day, room in your spirit to hear the bigger yes that you really want in the first place or else you can get so fixated 
like you said, where our ego pops up and like, hey, 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 opportunity, visibility, income, new clients, something wild to do. And even though your gut is flaring red sirens of no, no, pause, wait, sometimes the noise of us just feeling the need to be stroked because of isolation, which bringing all the way back to your first point of what gap you were led to fill in the first place in a very unique and different way as a licensed marriage family therapist specifically, but you being able to create a space where people can at least quell that, that isolation part that would normally trump their ability to hear the sirens going off inside their spirit and their gut. For those of you who feel like just really connected to your gut, you got to be able to hear it and you got to be able to feel it. And if you're feeling more desperate for, I'll be as bold and say attention, right? Like, oh, I've been alone in this this room, this closet for the last you know, six months by myself with no humans to talk to, except for, you know, depending on the type of work you do as service providers or producers, makers, you may not have had any other accountability, any other soundboard. And when someone does come up, that's not necessarily a client or uh, a vendor to work with, you might jump out and just accept everything that they're saying, even though your gut and your spirit is just blaring red sirens all over the place. So you're like, I don't care. I hear you gut, but I just need somebody I can talk to and have some coffee with and right, and just do it. And it feels really good. And then six months, a year, maybe it takes five years. When it hits you, you, you can literally pinpoint back to that first sign that you know that you ignored and that you purposefully dismissed for the sake of your ego, which hopefully you're not regretting too much. But it can, for some of us, it can creep up and create these holes that cause us to have situational depression or anxiety because now our trust uh, flags seem dim. We're not sure we can trust our ability to detect and discern if someone is trustworthy because of those one-off incidences, or maybe it's a string of them. I'm being kind here, but maybe there was a string of them. And the fact that you're creating a better trusted community, especially for women founders, because women have a visceral need for community in the first place. And you're creating that even more impressively for aligned minds. You said there's lighthouse workers or light workers that are coming to your co-working space as one of your three businesses for the lighthouse because you're creating that trusted community. So now there's more people in locked arms that say, "Mm -mm, girl, you ain't see that, but I saw it. So let, let me pull you a little closer until you can hear from your gut and your spirit. Have you found that to be the case for the work that you're doing? Absolutely. Like the the community that you build becomes mm-hmm. a part of that sacred gatekeeping as well. And I've had people around me say, well, my husband's a really wonderful soundboard and we will go on walks together. And he's mm-hmm. like, he can, he can tell like if I've had an opportunity. I'm usually doing the little dance uh, around the house, you know, and he's like, okay, let's go for a walk. What happened? What happened? You know? And I was like, well, first of all, let me just tell you how excited I am. So then it's like, I kind of, you know, this person called and they want to do this. He's like, here's me out, you know? And then when I start to slow down and take a deep breath, then he's just like, well, how are you really feeling about it? And then that's when I kind of walk and process with him of like, well, it seems like a great opportunity, but I do have some red flags. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, I think one of the the big ones in business, I'll just name that one of my big areas of contention of like where I have to see if it's aligned and I, and my lovely community knows. So they'll also check me on it is business often has been a very masculine field, right? Yeah. It's about competition. It's about mm-hmm. elevating and, um, you know, singing our own praises from the rooftops. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of, of that type of ego. And I've made it my mission to build a business that is a compassionate, resilient based trauma informed business. And for me, that comes from a very feminine, um, and thanks bell hooks again. It's just like these other power of the power of love over competition. And so some of these opportunities that come from, for me are, rooted in that masculine business world, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, we, we want you to do this thing and we're going to give you our, you know, platform. We're going to give you our, um, protocol and we're going to train you up and you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. to really check in because, oh, well, that sounds exciting. And they have this huge audience and yeah, yeah, I love business and I'm all about it, but I have to keep coming back to the fact that, oh, wait, but I'm doing business in a new way. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's rooted in the body. It's rooted in feminine energy. It's rooted in relationship. And so if I'm doing that thing with them, am I just doing the old paradigm? I'm just in the old box, checking the Mm -hmm. boxes of business, or am I doing the work that I'm here to do, which can be scary and which can sometimes be lonely and you're not quite sure it's going to get the recognition that it deserves. Yeah. But I think that that is kind of continual one that I'm constantly doing that inner check into your question. The more that I am in doubt, I can lean on my community because they have been hearing me talk about this for decades now. Yeah. And I still will slip up though. I'll get excited about something that yeah. isn't in alignment. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, let me call you back in and just check that out <laughs> because we think that you can do it. Now, this is the best, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. think you can do it on your terms. Right. So just keep going. Right. Right. No, I love it on every level. I was, um, as you were talking, I was seeing one of those powerful statements of collaboration over competition. Right. Um, and although there is, you know, for all of you that are listening that come from like athletic backgrounds, cause I can already hear the emails and phone calls, like competition is still good for women too. Right. Like I can already hear it. That's right. I, I'm definitely not saying that you can't be super feminine and super competitive. That's not what I'm saying. And that's definitely not what Laura is saying. We're saying when you're competing with yourself, that's a good competition. I'm competing to see what's my best what's what for running your PR, your personal record, right? Like your personal best, even if it is against other people, but you're really trying to win against yourself. That's great competition. When you're sitting there on the, the racetrack, the race field saying, well, I just have to beat this person or those people. I don't even care if it's a slower version of myself or not, or the fastest version. I just have to, now you're fixated on the wrong thing. Cause it's not about you winning your race, your way. It's trying not to look bad. And that's a whole different shift of mindset that can put you into one of those spirals that we were talking about earlier where that hole starts, those negative thoughts start, that doubt starts. And maybe depending on what you have, um, some predisposed 
history with. There could be some depression, some anxiety, some other things. I'm trying not to get too diagnostic, but there could be some other things that come up for you that are now triggered because you were focused partially, not just because it's not causation, correlation, partially because you were overly focused on the other people instead of seeing the possibility of their energy as propelling you forward versus it being about having to beat them. So I love that you broke that down in the way that you did. That was excellent. You also snuck in something that I cannot avoid because you were like, and my forever lover, my husband and I, when we go on for walks, like, I heard you, girl, I heard you. And I was loving it because I saw your whole face light up. And I appreciate the fact that you're able to, you know, with owning three businesses, and I know you have two children and all of those things that go with that, plus probably board appointments and everything, all the other hats you wear, that you're still able to create space for each other. So you have that. Now, in the example you used, it was like, you know, let me be your soundboard. And, you know, I see my wife's energy and, you know, it's time to go out and walk and talk and play a little bit. But the fact that you're able to do that without absorbing all of those concerns or doubts or challenges and then just dumping them on him with some misbehavior at the end of the day, because you and I both know as clinicians that can happen. Everyone's been at work all day. Nothing has happened, but somebody comes home vomiting anger or passive aggressiveness because they were holding in all those things and they didn't share what was happening in their work life. Instead, the the lover of their life got all the not so great parts, right? And all the clients got all the best parts and you, the person, are left with nothing, which is exhausting and overwhelming and not good energy management to the point about your tweet, right? <laughs> That's right. And the fact that you were sneaking in some love time with him made me wonder, like, how are you guys, to, and I'm doing this a little bit different, But how are you taking your own permission to pause together when you can, because you're doing so much work for so many other people constantly? Yes. Great question. And I love that you saw that little light of my, in my face, because it's become Mm -hmm. some of my favorite things that we're learning to do both working from home. So he actually was working um, in an office prior to the pandemic and then now is working remotely. He's also a manager and a leader within his company. And so he's over in one half of the house and then I'm over (laughs) the other (laughs) half of the house seeing my clients. So we've really been intentional about do we want to do mornings together? Do we take walks? Like, how do we find some time? And honestly, it's been such a gift because we've found we find more time because we're both home and the you know kids are away. I've got one in college and one that goes to school during the day. So he and I realized this is our date time. Like instead of mm-hmm. waiting and trying to get a babysitter in the evenings, we have our kids home. So it's like, why don't we do it during the day? So we really prioritize walks and we'll check in with each other because our schedules are always changed. Like, hey, when's your walk window? You know, when do we have time? So we do a lot of that walking together. We also loved to do, and this is a recent thing. I did not try to um, convince my husband to do any yoga or meditation for many years. I was just like, I love it. It's amazing for me. Look at me over here on my yoga mat, honey. (laughs) I I did have him do like one couples uh, yoga class with me, but I've just really left alone because I know the more that you try to bring your loving back over, they're like, no, thank you. But he, he recently, through his own work around his um, mental health and stress management, energy management, has mm-hmm. uncovered the value of meditating 
in doing yoga. So now we are actually really connecting around doing those activities together or even just sharing, you know, he'll say, oh my goodness, I just did the best class or I just did the best, right? Mm. Uh, Meditation. So we have this, another point of connection that's new Mm -hmm. that we haven't traditionally had. And so we're really trying to like bring in that. And of course I'm like, honey, we can now go to Mexico and do a couple's yoga retreat, (laughs) which is something (laughs) I never would have suggested to him in the past, but I'm like, that's possible. So (laughs) I'm getting really excited. And then he's Mm. actually really appreciating that connection. He's noticing, Mm. wow, I feel more connected to you. And we have gone through some difficult patches and he has Mm -hmm. come to me um, during definitely the the growth of the co-working space in which, you know, I was creating, and I I own this, I tell my clients, I was creating a work-life balance center and had never been more burnt out in those first few years because I hadn't learned it yet, like how to manage Mm -hmm. those things. And so he came to me at some point, you know, and is like, are we okay? I miss you. Like what's mm-hmm. going on? So there's this mm-hmm. disconnection that can happen. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised because I knew that I was busy, but I really was missing the mm-hmm. impact that it had on him and our connection. And so I'm grateful to him because he will always come to me with that. He'll be like, yeah. are we okay? Let's check in. So I can yeah. count on him for that. But we haven't had to have that conversation a long time. It's been more of let's go connect. Let's go walk. Let's get away. Let's have this date night. And I just, and I tell all my clients and I talk to couples who are both the entrepreneurs in business together, Mm -hmm. which is hard. You're doing it. it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the ones that are just managing like, oh, my partner doesn't understand and is is jealous of all the time I spend on the business or is concerned Mm -hmm. about it. And so it's a constant conversation that I have about it. And as a marriage and family therapist, I just kind of take like the same relational dynamics that I've worked with, you know, between people, I have to also help my clients see that there's those unhealthy dynamics that develop with their business. So they can become overly identified with their business so that they're losing Mm -hmm. connection with their partner. I also say you can take ambition as a lover and you got to be really careful about that infidelity Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. lack of honesty that starts to happen. And I admit I did some of that early on you know, sneaking away with my laptop and telling Mm -hmm. my husband, um, I'll be back and not wanting to tell him that I was working on my business. (laughs) Like, um, I got to go to the grocery store for hours. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, that's not healthy. I'm actually sneaking around Mm -hmm. with my business. And so I'm Mm -hmm. being unfaithful to my partnership and to my love connection. Right. So there's a lot that I can speak to on this, but that, but the, what I do right now Mm -hmm. is keep that conversation alive between my husband and I and those nature walks. I mean, they're just, and we just, you know, can do it right around the neighborhood. We'll go on a walk Mm -hmm. or we'll find a favorite trail and make a point of going a little bit far and exploring together. I love it for so many reasons. Uh, Another point of connection, my husband and I do the same (laughs) every day. It's the best whenever we can, because again, his schedule, the same as your husband's, it doesn't always align with mine and mine's can be a little bit fierce. I would like to highlight something that you just tried to breeze over when you said, you know, I didn't want to convince him about doing yoga or anything. So I would just be over on my mat, looking all sexy, doing my flexible yoga poses to make sure he know what what is happening over here. (laughs) I heard that. I, I heard that. For those of you listening who are in loving, healthy relationships, a little teasing, a little flirting goes a long way. And Laura was doing that 
a little inconspicuously, I will say, like I'm just exercising. Mm-hmm. Let me get into this downward dog real quick and turn myself around so you can see what's making this booty pop. Okay. <laughs> I saw that. I, I, I caught it. I caught it. I just wanted to highlight it for a minute for all the lovers that are listening. I'm like, oh, that's a good way to get them interested in healthy, healthier bodies, but also cause a little spark or maybe reignite one if the flame was going down. So ladies, exercise in front of your booze, not the, <laughs> not the, you know, the heavy shaking funky sweat, but the cute one, do, do that. Just pull the mat in the room and do that. <laughs> That's exactly it. Got the cute workout gear, the outfit on. Perfect. <laughs> Make that pose a little bit stronger. I love it. So how can people connect with you and find out more about one of your multiple businesses that they are aligned with and hopefully can be served by? Yes, thanks for asking. So people can visit my website, um, which is consciousambition.com. You can also find me at um, Laura Shook Guzman, like on all the things El Shook Guzman on Twitter. Um, so I just appreciate people reaching out. I have a collaboration session or like a free uh, 50 minute complimentary consultation on my nice. website. So I have people sometimes that want to partner and do something together. And so book that 30 minute, or if you want to see if we have a spark to work together um, as a client, you know, so reach out and yeah, let me know. I love, and I love conversations on Twitter as well, or Instagram. So people can message me there as well. Yeah. So you guys don't know yet, Laura, and Laura doesn't know either, but she's going to have a conversation with us over on Twitter in, in, let me correct the language in Twitter space, their new audio component to them. That's, you know, their answer to Clubhouse. So we're going to do one over there. She doesn't know it because I didn't tell her yet, but since she's already playing in Twitter space, we're, we're going to make sure that we do that. <laughs> I, am, I am game. And I ha- I watched that. I saw Twitter. They're like, wait a minute, why are you all over in Clubhouse? Because I was over there too. I still am sometimes. And so I love, I love the opportunity to explore these conversations in the Twitter space. Yeah, I, I would love the opportunity to go deeper with you in some of these topics because I think what you're doing is necessary, first and foremost. And I appreciate that as another licensed professional who's looking at trauma-informed care a certain way, who's being very mindful of not just what she's doing, but how she's doing, because you know, that's a whole nother conversation for people who don't necessarily have the background you have and the background that I have that are taking on some of these very serious challenges without the right tools. So I appreciate that you invested in yourself to do it the best way for you so you can get really reputable results for your clients and colleagues and the people that you surround yourself with, but more than anything, so you can protect people. I really appreciate that. Mm, wonderful. Thank you. Thanks. And and I believe that we are here to teach what, you know, what we're here to learn, right? You've mm-hmm. heard that expression. We teach what we're here to learn. And yeah. so I tell my clients all the time, like I'm an entrepreneur doing it just like you. Mm-hmm. And I had the extra training as a therapist mm-hmm. to have this insight, which mm-hmm. has helped me so much. And I'm taking all of this knowledge and this understanding of myself as the experiment and then learning how to apply all of this with my work with clients. And so it's really just been a beautiful journey to be on the founder path 
and yes. be the therapist that sometimes I'm observing at, right? I'm observing myself on the path and I'm listening to all, all the other founders and entrepreneurs. And I just think it's really powerful that we start to tell our stories. And that's what I'm really passionate about this month of mental health awareness is like, how do we end the stigma surrounding mental health amongst yes. founders and entrepreneurs? Because we mm -hmm. need to talk about it and it's scary to talk about it when everyone's listening, like your clients, your investors, right? But yeah. it's so important. And so I'm really grateful that you've given me the opportunity to share to share today. I'm honored to share it with you. And I all I can say to that, and I'm not one that's short on words, is I completely concur <laughs> with everything that you said. Because <laughs> it was it was dead on and I appreciate it, especially out of all the months of the year, this one. Um, with everything that we lost, all the people that we lost over the last five months at this point, it's time. We have to start having these, as one of my colleagues and sister friends, Jeannie Coomber would say, these warrior conversations. We, we have to have them. We have to be bold enough to be honest about how we are not in balance internally and what we're doing to make the difference. So thank you so much for taking out this time to come on the Balance Bully podcast and be so vulnerable and honest, and I dare say transparent. We all thank you for it, truly. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Balance Bowley listeners, I told you I was not playing in 2022. We were bringing you everything and everyone that you needed to hear from. And Laura Shook Guzman is absolutely one of those people. Please make sure that you go to her website. Everything is below, no matter where you are hearing this podcast right now. All you have to do is hyperlinked. So just click it and go over there. And, you know, if nothing else, join her for one of her complimentary conversations to just ask her more about how she's doing her work and how she can work with you. Maybe it's a friend you have. That's another thing, guys. I just have to put that out there. Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't think I need that right now. Or I already have my person. Does everyone in your life have their person? Is there someone that you know, love and trust that could really use someone and maybe you don't want to share your therapist, your founder, your entrepreneur in your life? Because I know how we get with that too. Like, well, I don't want, I know they won't share any of my business, but I don't necessarily want them to go to my person. Well, here's another good person for you. I am standing and verifying and vouching for the receipts that Laura Sugar Guzman is bringing. Here's another person. I implore you. Think of someone right now in this moment who just needs more support. Whatever that looks like, you don't have to be the answer, but you can point them in the right direction. I hope you heard that in your spirit. In the interim, come check us out on Twitter at Ask Nikita because Laura and I and many of the other experts are going to be joining in conversation there. 12 o'clock noon Eastern time every Thursday, God willing that I can show up and technology is in alignment with me at the time, <laughs> we'll be there. Outside of that, I just want you to continue to enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.